coming up next on Glow in the Dark. I ran to our bedroom and I was screaming. Damn it. It was insane. It did not feel like my own voice, my own screams. It felt like Mm. just a whole parade of my ancestors, like my female ancestors who are able to use like my body as a microphone for their own pain to be hurt. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And that's when it really, really hit me. Okay, the body holds these memories. Yeah. Hey, hey, welcome to Glow in the Dark, a well-being podcast for embracing both our lights and our shadows. I'm Tracy, and I've had the honor of experiencing 20 years of beautiful friendship with my co-host. Girdly, what's up, y'all? What Tracy said is accurate. Our friendship works mainly because we have an insatiable appetite for convos that are curious, illuminating, and spicy. Mm-hmm. The kind that unpacks the deeper messages within this human experience. We're hella grateful you're here. Beautiful listeners, oh my goodness, my gratitude is right in this room, sitting large and tall, (laughs) because, man, I'm in my favorite borough, Brooklyn. I'm sitting next to my favorite girl, Girdly. Hi, (laughs) (laughs) boo-boo. And um, I'm about to jump into some of my favorite conversations, and these are the ones that really uncover the deeper meanings behind our everyday lives. So I'm just hype, bruh. And if you have been rocking with me, me being Tracy since the first iteration of this pod, She's Beauty and the Beast, bruh, you hold so much real estate in my heart. I am so grateful for your presence. And if you are new around these parts, welcome, welcome, welcome officially to Glow in the Dark. Over here, we like to season our life with curiosity, with illumination and spiciness. So if those three things sound tasty to you, then this is where you need to be. I always like to introduce myself as a human being first, a human doing second. And some of my doings involve being a meditation guide, a writer formerly in music journalism, currently in well-being, um, an on-air host for Sway in the Morning on SiriusXM, obviously a podcaster, content creation with a focus on movements, affirmations, and self-reflection. And in general, I'm very much a hummingbird that just likes to cross-pollinate. And Girdley is also a hummingbird. (laughs) And as you'll hear from my boo over here, her background and her interests and her passions, her entire wheelhouse, the topic that we're going to unpack is going to make so much sense. (laughs) What up, Girdley? (laughs) (laughs) Tell the people about yourself. (laughs) Thank you. Well, my name is Girdley, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to be here with you, Tracy, and having this conversation. Showing up in this way with you. And this new iteration of our friendship, yeah, um, which has taken many shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. Um, but who I am personally, I would consider myself to be a creative spirit. Um, mm. And I use movement as like a medium to express myself as well as understand more about myself and mm-hmm. to hold space for other people to do the same if they feel inclined to, if they speak in body language too. Yep. Um, professionally, I am a movement-based social and emotional learning educator. SEL, and I work, baby. Oh, SEL, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I function in a lot of, I show up in a lot of spaces like that, schools. I've done partnerships with corporations. Yep. I've done things with different brands. I like to show up in the community as that as yeah. well. I'm also a wellness practitioner mm-hmm. like you, certified in yoga um, mm-hmm. with specializations in Meridian yoga therapy, as Mm. well as prenatal yoga. Mm. I'm a movement artist. I'm a dancer, choreographer, performer, creator. I just love to express myself. And anybody who is in that world of performance arts too, you know that if you are going to dance or perform, you have to always question your intention. Mm. And that always comes with an area of emotional exploration and understanding too, yeah. which kind of brought me into this work. Yeah, um, I'm a somatic practitioner, exploring, my, getting deeper into my certifications. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the creator of the bodywork system. You better talk about it. <laughs> you better talk about it. <laughs> which, Her cup runneth over, bro. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is a movement wellness company that yes. creates programs for people to explore their own social and emotional learning through movement as well, too. Yes. So, and this is why I always say, man, Girdley is the Rosetta Stone of body language, <laughs> and all the evidence was just served to y'all. But I also wanted Girdley to be to give us a very like heavy-handed serving of her background because like y'all know from this title, like y'all know from the um, first intro when you hit play, we are talking about how the body remembers trauma, mm. um, how it stores trauma, and how we can use the body to release trauma. But this topic is so important to me, y'all, because a lot of us are emotionally constipated. <laughs> That's how I'm going to put that, including myself. I am not sitting on the outside of that statement. Mm -hmm. And one of the first examples of emotional constipation, mm -hmm. and I'll give you one that's more on the extreme side mm -hmm. that I personally would tether to trauma. And I'll give you a second one that's on the lighter side that I would tether to dis-ease, mm -hmm. tension, stress. So let's go to 2020. Right. That's when we had our um, racial reckoning of source that was sparked by these unfortunate high profile um, murders by the hands of police. Mm -hmm. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. Ahmaud Arbery. Mm -hmm. um, they became a part of this like rallying cry for the end to systemic racism. So we had so many protest the news outlets were just like busy and our country was just reverberating with so much stress yeah although it the stress was well warranted right mm -hmm. but here's the thing i remember because working in radio we had to cover so much of this right so not only do i have the repetition in the form of just consuming the news. I have the repetition of being the news mm. <laughs> and repetition is the mother of learning. Mm. So, and then uh, in addition to that, like our eyeballs are just taking in so many just stark images of dead black bodies. Yeah. Right. And as much as our news outlets just move at the speed of light and it feels like we can just be on to the next or it feels like we can juggle multitask all of these stories at once the body doesn't necessarily move exactly. like that exactly <laughs> the body's not as caught up mm -hmm. with modern day life mm -hmm. as we feel yeah and so during this one morning, um, because in 2020 during the pandemic, we were recording Sway in the morning at yeah. home. And I was at my standing desk with my headphones on and we had actually taken a break and my partner, Carl, he came up behind me just to give like a very loving hug. Yeah. Girdley. Wow. The way that I like exploded with tears, Aww. started shivering. Damn. And I immediately just was catapulted back to mm. a time in college mm -hmm. and Girdley and I went to college together mm -hmm. where I was on the train during rush hour oh. and a man came up behind me and long gruesome story short assaulted me and in hindsight I did not fully process although I cried because during that time in college because I was so shook, you know, like my life had been threatened. Um, my womanhood had been threatened, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. But I never really like sat down and said, what happened to mm. me fully out loud? Mm. And how has this taken form of my body? Mm. Right. I just I moved on. I live in New York City. And so. The environment of New York makes it easy to just be on to the next, mm -hmm. you know? And then so years later in 2020, my body is already tense. Mm. <laughs> we all experienced it. And my boyfriend, you know, unbeknownst to him, mm -hmm. is actually replaying something because I felt so tender. And 
I ran to our bedroom and I was screaming. Damn it. It was insane. It literally felt, it did not feel like my own voice, my own screams. It felt like mm. just yeah. a whole parade yeah. of my ancestors, yeah. like my female ancestors yeah. who are able to use like my body as a microphone. Yeah. For their own pain to be hurt. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And that's when it really, really hit me. Okay. The body holds these memories. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Bruh. And then like to give a lighter example, because that does come from trauma, obviously. And we'll start like breaking down um, some of our research and like what exactly trauma is, because I know like in this current age, we use that word a lot yeah. without really giving it clinical context, mm-hmm. you know? But on a lighter side of how the body also holds on to emotion, stress, et cetera, et cetera, is um, very simply, say you have a project. Let's talk about the new iteration of this podcast for me, which has been quite daunting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so maybe there's moments... And I'm sure this is something that a lot of y'all can relate to, whether it's a professional goal, a personal goal, or just newness of any form, as exhilarating newness can be. And newness can also be very intimidating yeah. to yeah. folks because yeah. right. it is requiring a different version of you that you may be foreign to you mm-hmm. or you don't know how to show up as mm-hmm. yet, blah, blah, blah. And so what the hell do we do? We go to the... All you can eat dopamine buffet that is social media. (laughs) (laughs) And because it's like, oh, nice. Like the stress has gone away. You know what I mean? And you feel like you've beat it at this race. You like, you know, you sprinted past all your stress, but no, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So those are just some examples. And I'm sure Girdley is going to share some examples with us as well. But I really wanted to start off with defining what trauma is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want to take that away, Berger? Sure. I mean, in short, pretty much like trauma is anything that's considered overwhelming, Mm -hmm. distressing, deeply disturbing. Mm -hmm. And it pretty much has an effect on you and your mind to the point where it shifts your experience of reality. It can shift you to an extent because it disrupts your sense of security. It Mm -hmm. disrupts your sense of safety. Mm -hmm. It disrupts your trust in yourself as well as other people. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when we're talking about trauma, it's these overwhelming experiences that create such a high sensational vibration in our body that it's too overwhelming to understand, let alone process. So it shifts us from who we initially were before that to some extent. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, when you look at the research, it's more than just oh, we don't feel as comfortable around somebody or around a topic. It's like, no, our brain activity changes. The way that we process information changes. Our recollection of moments change. Our ease, um, the way we carry our body. Hyperarousal lives in our body. Hypervigilance lives in our body, Mm -hmm. depending on the extent of the the trauma. And depending on how sensational the effect of that trauma is on your body Mm -hmm. makes it all the more difficult to process. So some trauma can, some trauma is processed. You know, some people really do, do the work, whether they realize it or not. Some people are also built, I mean, not built, but born with more resilience to do that work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Some people are not carrying the weight of- Like biologically born? Biologically and also just through birth trauma. Okay. Are we going to get into that? Because we was at a picnic recently and Girdley brought up limbic Imprinting, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> My head became the size of the sun when Girdley mentioned this. <laughs> I love that vision. <laughs> Bruh. I love that vision. <laughs> the eclipse was real. Hey. Um, yeah, that was actually a really damn Girdley. I got to give you a clap. <laughs> I wanted to see what your definition, how you were going to lay it out um, as I place it side by side with what that I researched. Mm-hmm. And wow, Girdley, your dissertation dissertation is ready. (laughs) 
<laughs> because according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, the yeah. S-A-M-S-H-A, mm-hmm. trauma is an emotional or physical response to one or more harmful or life-threatening events mm. or circumstances with lasting adverse effects on your mental and physical well-being, mm-hmm. a.k.a. everything that Girdley said. Um, so I think we use trauma mm-hmm. a lot We had mentioned this earlier in terms of our current, like, language. Mm -hmm. I think we say it a lot of times. The same thing, like, maybe even with the word triggered. Mm -hmm. We just use a lot of clinical terms. And I'm really (laughs) proud of us for having language that we feel comfortable, like, trying on. Yeah. But sometimes the language may not (laughs) actually be accurate to the experience we're having. Yeah. Sometimes it's turning into language just to weaponize. Right. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to see, in your opinion, Berger, what is the difference between trauma and unprocessed emotions? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a ticky-tacky situation because they're deeply closely related. Um, But from my understanding, it's that um, uh, trauma is the reason why emotions are difficult to process. Mm. The way that okay. trauma informs an emotional experience yeah. is what keeps it stuck in the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you had an experience, which unfortunately way too many young women and young men have had, yeah. where they were touched inappropriately yeah. or anything of that nature, Someone coming up and just wanting to put their hand on your knee as they're talking to you could feel incredibly alarming, right? Right. The idea of, oh, this person wants to be connected to me or closer to me, or maybe this is just something that comes naturally to me. Maybe they think that, maybe they think that this is comforting me. Yeah. Those ideas might come secondary to the threat of you being violated mm-hmm. because of how that sensation is being informed by trauma. Mm-hmm. And when that does happen, for some people, I'm speaking very generally, guys, yep. Yep, <laughs> deeply, yep, yep. deeply, deeply generally. Um, and for some people, that emotion can stay there and mm-hmm. it can it can just stay there as discomfort, as violation without actually entertaining the possibilities of all of what this moment could actually be, yeah. right? There's a million shades to paint this picture, but trauma is always telling us like, no, it is dark, whatever. Yeah. It is this dark cast. No matter the forecast. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it places that over so many things. Mm, um, that makes sense because, yeah. I don't know, when I just said the word forecast right here, you may think that it's actually dark and gloomy outside, mm-hmm. but not realize your trauma actually just put up some really like, dark shades on the window exactly and it's sunny outside right but the trauma that you've experienced as like your normal day-to-day exactly (laughs) is actually something that was constructed yeah and not a natural part of your life exactly and it's painting that picture and in turn that unprocessed emotion is re-traumatizing you yeah right because the whole idea of you know somatic experience or this work, this healing work or this area of self-discovery, it's to become more expansive within ourselves. It's to create space by mm-hmm. work, breaking through those emotional blocks of unprocessed emotions in our body. Mm-hmm. Because the idea that I like to think of it is that like the body is deeply intelligent, yeah. right? When we're talking about all that ancestral wisdom and just things that you know, like yeah. sometimes you're thinking about something and you're having a hard time getting the words and then you get up and you stretch around and all of a sudden you're activating all these different areas of intelligence that live within your body, your mm-hmm. pinky, your mm-hmm. nail, mm-hmm. your elbow, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you sit down and the clarity comes to you, right? The body is the brain and the brain is the body. Mm-hmm. So when you actually clear up real estate in your own body by breaking through the walls of those unprocessed emotions, how many more options as to how to read this moment can come to mind? Yes, yes, You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what's our ability to truly reimagine what this experience could be? And and so that is reminding me too that mm-hmm. there's very obvious trauma that can happen, you know, especially when it's physical. But- what will determine if something is trauma is our perception. Exactly. exactly. Is how we give story to an event. Exactly. And, how, and our response to that reaction is what 
initially essentially shapes life. Yeah. Our reactivity to everything is what shapes life. Right. Right. Um, we both know that, mm-hmm. but it comes from that. It comes from how, what's informing this, what's informing this exact moment. Mm-hmm. Some people hate to be questioned and I understand it because some, some parents would ask you a question, but we all know it's a threat. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you thought it was okay to go out and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, <laughs> is this a real question? <laughs> Big facts. I was like, no, this isn't a question. This is a threat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then how yeah. does that affect how you show up at work when your boss genuinely has a question for you? Right. You know, how, do, how does that affect your relationship with authority or anybody who just genuinely wants to know? Mm-hmm. And now all, all of a sudden you're reading that moment as a deeply threatening moment when right. it doesn't necessarily have to right, be. Right, right, right. And it's not something for us to be like upset with our bodies about because mm-hmm. our bodies, you know, primary job description is to protect us yeah. mm-hmm. from all threats, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even perceived threats. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to how we have to and we can mm-hmm. take control of the wiring and programming of our minds mm-hmm. To allow our brain, primarily the um, amygdala, mm-hmm. that's the one that's in charge of our entire fight, yeah. yup, flight, you know, mm-hmm. um, fawn, mm-hmm. freeze, mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. where it's like, yup, mm-hmm. yup, yup. You know, because many of us, um, I've heard so many different podcasts about this, so um, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with this, but just to give like a little bit of background on the brain, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about us as just homo sapiens, you know, out in the wild. And so the body has to know that something is, that we are in danger mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so easy for us to be chased, to be hunted. You know what I mean? Like this was our existence and mm-hmm. the body does not have time to second guess, to give the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. <laughs> because once you hear a little crinkling in the background, nah, son, that might be a cheetah about to prance on you. So we're out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But now as we live in, you know, the 21st century, um, the brain is still in such a simplistic place as incredible of godly machinery as it is. It can still look at your boss as that new cheetah. Mm -hmm. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Because that is like kind of the original story. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. we have to question, okay, is this really a cheetah in my life Mm -hmm. or is this just someone or something in a cheetah costume. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so to say. Right. So to say. You had mentioned somatic healing. Yeah. That is now a new word that I'm seeing like floating throughout yeah. the wellness world. Mm-hmm. What is somatic healing? Yeah. So somatic healing, it's um it's a body approach um practice mm-hmm. that really centers the body as an opportunity to for a person to experience emotional healing yeah. by working through unprocessed emotions mm-hmm. so it's um it's a growing field within itself but what we're seeing are a lot of therapists adding that as an area of expertise that yeah. maybe they might incorporate into their work we have a lot of body workers yoga practitioners movement mm-hmm. artists that are also just employing this and it's something that's like very accessible mm-hmm. depending on what kind of trauma you're trying to investigate, it's probably best to work with a professional because some people's shadows are just darker than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And some people are built with more emotional resiliency to navigate that space for themselves yeah. to each their own. But a lot of these practices you can do by yourself. A lot of these practices you can do with one another. A lot of these practices you probably already do and don't even realize you're mm-hmm. facilitating your own healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what's happening in the world when people are talking about somatics. Yeah. What yeah. are some of the things you think we're overlooking as practices for us to heal in the moment. I think it's very brave when people, you do this all the time, but you Mm -hmm. ask for a hug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's very brave. I think just knowing that your body needs to be comforted and held is very important. Yeah. Um, I think anytime somebody just takes a moment to rub on themselves or um, hold themselves. Oh, that's such a good one. You know, just small things like that. Anytime somebody, um, takes a moment to respond mm-hmm. and allows himself to really feel an uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody avoids avoidance mm-hmm. and allows himself to truly process and understand a feeling yeah. is the 
backbone of, exactly, is the backbone of somatic work because at the end of the day, anything that you face becomes less intimidating. Yeah. Not to say that it's still not horrifying or terrible, but the more you continuously confront it, the less of a monster it becomes. Right. So you, it's very important to build that resiliency, to build those tools, to have that wherewithal, to have those embodiment practices and forms of protection to really show up mm-hmm. to endure that emotional experience because it can be daunting for a lot of people, yeah. rightfully so. Absolutely. Um, so somatic work is really giving us the tools, the practices, um, the embodiment work to show up for ourselves and yeah. each other in that way. I love that. This makes me think about yoga. Mm-hmm. I did my 200-hour yoga teacher training as well. I received that certification. And one of the thing, the aha moments where I was like, wow, is learning that yoga, the asanas, you know, the mm-hmm. movement, what mm-hmm. we call yoga over here mm-hmm. in um, the West, was initially meant to prepare the body for meditation. Mm-hmm. And when the body is at ease, exactly. then it is more likely to be still yeah, <laughs> and to process right. and to receive, you know, spiritual downloads, so to say, et cetera, et cetera. And so when you had mentioned, Gerd, about being able to sit with a feeling, mm-hmm. because a feeling is a physical sensation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes we may be like, shout something, say, I don't know, you're upset with someone and be like, I feel like you just don't whatever. Right. But that's not a feeling. Right. Really, an edit for that could be the story I'm telling myself is Mm -hmm, this. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the feeling is being able to identify in your body where the tension is cuddled up. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so perhaps you may feel tension in your throat. Right. And realize, okay, this means I have not been expressing right. my story. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or perhaps I've just been very um, impulsive and I've been over yeah. expressing. Right. In times where I could feeling. be, yes, yeah. in, in times where I could be more mindful and not have to, you know, vent to someone every single time something goes wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or sometimes you can feel like tension in your heart. And that might be because perhaps you've been on Instagram and unconsciously comparing yourself to everyone. Right. Retraumatizing yourself in that way. Withdrawing from your bank of self-love. Right, right. So that's why your heart is impacted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And what I've learned is if you can identify in your body where that pain is booming Mm -hmm. and sit with it. Because if you think about pain... Mm. Especially as like a child or as like a protector, Mm -hmm. someone who's actually on your side and is pleading to be seen, Mm -hmm. pleading to be found, pleading to be heard. Mm. Then like, how sad is it that we ignore it? How sad is that? Yeah. And we leave pain to be an orphan in our body. I I love that metaphor. I mean, I love that metaphor so much. It's so true. Mm Because even when you think about kids who are misbehaving, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who and what does it benefit to just say that that kid's bad and ignore Yeah, what that misbehavior is even about? Mm-hmm. Come on, mama on the way. <laughs> Come on, mama like, on the way. You have to really investigate why are you acting out in this way? What yeah. is the source of this of this reaction? Yeah. What What is the cause of your pain? Because then we can get to actually where maybe the healing might be. Mm-hmm. But if you never question it and you just cast that child aside... Mm-hmm. Oh, that child's going to grow up and they're going to demand to be seen in ways that aren't going to be good for that person right. or society. And it's going to be much more challenging to heal. Exactly. From, or at least take a much longer time because you had a much longer time with it not being addressed. Exactly. Yeah. So you're letting that pain grow even bigger, making yeah. it all the more difficult to break down, process, face, Oof. understand, let alone let go. Yep. And not everything works like David and Goliath. You dig? <laughs> you dig? Sometimes yeah. that giant wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are, because I've always heard that dis-ease can literally lead to disease, mm-hmm. you know, which mm-hmm. is a fact. But um, when stress goes unaddressed, when mm. trauma goes unaddressed, what are some of the ways that it can show up? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I've heard a lot about how different forms of unprocessed emotion affect specific parts of the body. Yeah. Um, specific organs. Yeah. Um, 
you know, different structures within the body, we know how it definitely affects the mind. Mm -hmm. Well, not definitely, but we've seen the research about how it affects the mind, Mm -hmm. your cognition, your ability to make responsible decisions. Brain fog. You know, all Mm -hmm. of that. um, Your your ability to emotionally regulate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I know that within the study of a lot of meridian yoga therapy. What is meridian yoga therapy? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So it's, it down, son. it's pretty much when you use the meridian pathways in the body, which are pretty much the strings in the body that connect acupressure points mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that move through the body to kind of release stored energy that could be there. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the graphs that are out there about where bioengineers in the past have really studied the human body and tried to map where trauma is trapped in the body, there are, there are, there are commonalities. Mm. So when people experience happiness, mm-hmm. it shows up in the body everywhere. It's really, yeah, it's so beautiful. It just glows. It just glows everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then as opposed to when people experience fear, it shows up in the body very much centered, like mm-hmm. right in here. And it cuts off your limbs, but you do feel a little activation in your feet, but it's mostly right in here. Okay. That makes sense. It's your does, heart right? is racing. Yeah. Exactly. Your stomach is in knots. Exactly. Uh-huh. Your throat feels very dry. All of that. Yeah. yeah but yeah. maybe you might have the tense to run or kick. Right. Right. right, right. <laughs> depending on, you know, depending on what your nervous system. Exactly. Uh-huh, exactly uh-huh. how your nervous system is set up. And yeah. people who experience depression, we just kind of see a shutdown of everything mm. just about or, or um, lowered activity mm-hmm. in a lot of mm-hmm. people who went through this study that was conducted in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, in Finland, and it was popularized. And you better show off with dates and locations. <laughs> Come on now, we're just saying, y'all, <laughs> we showing up here for y'all and ourselves. Um, yeah, but yeah. So, and I think about that. And I think that's so interesting because, like, when we recall moments of happiness, mm-hmm. like you're just you can you can remember the smell. You can remember just like the feel of someone's embrace. Like mm-hmm. you remember it so vividly. That is true, but at the same time, yeah. We don't think of it often. We don't. Going back to the body that's just wired to protect. And so it was more useful to remember the negative experiences, you know, dating back. Um, Unless there's like new research that goes against it. But from what I had learned, you know, dating back to our first years Mm -hmm. of existence on this planet, the body has to track more of the negative experiences so that they're not duplicated so it knows how to prevent it so we don't you know run up you know spin the block a gazillion times i agree i agree and i i I agree with you on that i think that that's that's definitely been my lived experience as well too yeah but you know there's neuroplasticity in the mind that's true and we can change Mm -hmm. and we can condition ourselves to tap into those feelings when Mm -hmm. we are experiencing those Mm -hmm. challenging Mm -hmm. moments and like my partner for whatever reason, this man never remembers negative things. <laughs> really? He really doesn't. He That's o- like by two, actually. It's so funny. Yeah. And I'm just like, he really doesn't. And it's beautiful. Like, so he'd be telling me stories about like how he'd see somebody in the past mm-hmm. that he might have had a relationship with. And he's just like, oh, hey, how you doing? And they're like, <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That sounds like the opening of a sitcom. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a black ass sitcom. You know what I mean? and, yeah, yeah. And they got this whole problem and he's like, whoa, what happened? And they're like, don't you remember? And he's like, oh yeah. That's you know? so interesting. Isn't it? And and you know what? I've tested yeah. him on that. And yeah. he really just does not recall negative moments like that. I actually feel like that <laughs> is a lot of cis hetero male experience. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what is the privilege, the privilege to, to not have teach to, me? Exactly. Exactly. And you know, also too, and I feel like that goes back into what we were talking about too, like the opportunity to live expansively all the time, the opportunity yeah. to be invited to take up space the way that so many men are given, you yeah. know, that so many, so many men are invited by society to do so. Yeah. How does that posi- how does that condition you socially? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How does that condition you socially to even think? You're probably not seeing as much threat mm. or danger mm. the way that we might experience. Right. But there are some men who have perhaps been 
sexually taken advantage of by right. a babysitter. Right. 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 But society gives you props. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got pussy at such a mm-hmm. young age. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we even see it, you know, in today, unfortunately, in a lot of hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like the younger that uh, boy mm-hmm. is able to get a taste of his manhood, mm-hmm. you know, he gets all the masculinity points Mm -hmm. not realizing that actually nah you were perhaps taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and this may have impacted you Mm -hmm. but because one you are conditioned to look at this as a score right and you were conditioned also to just keep it moving yeah then it can hide in the body right and show up later exactly and also you're never called a whore exactly so you (laughs) Right. You never look at anything in your life as a symptom of a bigger Mm -hmm. problem because it's so accepting by society. Mm -hmm. But it may still show up just later in life. And so our (laughs) strength, right, and it will. And our strength, um, where many, you know, cis hetero women are very in touch with our emotional side. Yeah which leads to us having a higher tendency to process our emotions. And we're critiqued far more often. We're policed far more often. Mm -hmm. Um, Our bodies, our behavior, our decorum, how we show up, how we dress. Yeah. You know, we have to always, and we're constantly being asked, what kind of lady are you? What kind of girl are you? Or society's always beckoning that question. So we really have to sit and wonder and do that self-reflection to even wonder, Mm -hmm. what kind of girl am I? Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Because the have, questions are, are arriving. Like, all of there. our journal prompts exactly. are coming from the questions that society is asking exactly. us. Exactly. Mm. So we are forced to reflect at such a high level of frequency that can also build our level of emotional intelligence and yeah. our ability to process things a bit sooner than maybe we're seeing some men. Right. How do you feel like social media plays a part in, I would say, mm. exacerbating triggers? I mean, social media, it's like a minefield for it, depending on depending on who you are. But mm-hmm. I feel like social media is going to make you confront um, uh, if you decide to do the work. If you decide to do the work, social, be- social media can be a very interesting place for you to really understand your own trauma. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. emotional triggers show up as can show up when you experience feelings of rejection, betrayal, um, loneliness, your ideas, your beliefs are being challenged. Mm-hmm. All of these things can trigger an emotional response from you yeah. that could be related to a past trauma. Yeah. And that can happen at the flick of a <laughs> at the flick of a timeline, you know, at the scroll of a th- of a timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, you might see somebody, a picture of somebody who looks a certain way mm-hmm. or is expressing certain beliefs mm-hmm. that maybe you are fundamentally, oppo- uh, fundamentally opposed to, mm-hmm. but you see that that's being affirmed by like 20,000 people yeah. and liked by whatever. And all these comments are with fire emojis and yep. heart eyes. And they're just affirming this thing that you fundamentally feel opposed to. Yep. How isolating that could be for you inside of your body. Mm-hmm. That in itself it could cause a trigger. Mm-hmm. And then isolation leads to feelings of maybe like you're feeling betrayed by society. You're feeling betrayed by the community around you, which yeah. can remind, which can trigger feelings of neglect, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like it's a very, very, very touchy place for people who have not done the work um, to sit with their emotions. Yeah. And you can continuously not even realize it, be re-traumatizing yourself if you aren't aware of how these triggers are showing up in your body just by scrolling. Right, right. You know? And I think also because... I mean, I don't know. This is just my opinion over here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a spectrum of triggering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think on this mm-hmm. spectrum, there's like discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then there's like full on, I'm triggered. You know, mm-hmm. this is what, I, what I'm sensing. And so to me, and I feel like I've heard this from a psychologist, I'm sure that I've read or seen on on Twitter or whatever, on Instagram. But... I know I'm triggered if I feel like I'm starting to project Mm -hmm. and I'm not only witnessing what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm witnessing past instances Mm -hmm. that are coming up, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel myself being the playwright that's making this bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And it gets tricky around really the Mm self-regulation because 
a lot of times I'll speak for myself, perhaps I don't want to take responsibility for being triggered. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I want someone to really be mindful around me and to be a freaking brain reader, Mm -hmm. a heart reader (laughs) and to be perfect. But we know that that is unrealistic. Yeah. And that also, in my opinion, I'll say this for myself, would be a selfish act. Yeah. To ask a mere mortal to be be a magician. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so knowing those practices and something as simple as just taking a beat. Yeah. Taking a pause. Again, when you feel the discomfort in your body to consult with it. You know what I mean? To hear it so that you can then determine, oh, son, you're just afraid. You know, how like when you're a kid and it's like you think there's like a boogeyman what's under and it's like there's nothing there. It was just like your nightlight made these shadows happen and there's really no monster. So sometimes like consulting with that feeling, again, going back to identifying where it is in the body, right? What does that location in the body say perhaps about the story? You know what I mean? That you are telling yourself and then address how fictional is that story (laughs) or how non-fictional is it? And the non-fiction part then can be perhaps what we share with another person. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes like more times than not, I'm going to say a lot of people are representing ghosts of the past. Oh, yeah. People that we're pissed off at. Oh. We may not be actually that pissed off of that individual, but we are pissed off with the community of ghosts that individual represents. Exactly. And our society is just keeping us living in a ghost town because Mm. people love clapback culture. Mm -hmm. We love reactivity. We love a snappy comeback. We love, oh, no, 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 you're not about to talk to me like that. Like, we love that type of energy. We applaud it. Yeah. And the people that just sit back and kind of just allow it to happen, so much of our society looks at it as as if that's weakness. Mm -hmm. You know, you're letting somebody walk over, you're letting somebody take advantage. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what if I'm just trying to investigate how I feel at the moment? Word. You know, but Mm -hmm. to even do that work that you were talking about, you have to have an emotional threshold for pain. You must. Because an uncomfortable feeling is fucking uncomfortable it's deeply disturbing so that question that's like am i responding to something that's happening in the moment or am i having am i responding to something that's happening in the past that might be something that you might have the opportunity to reflect on once the moment's already passed Mm -hmm. but to sit there in that moment and feel that tension in your chest that thing that says no shut it down yeah you know, and to oh, override that, that. Oh my God, it takes so much because it's so, it's painful. Yeah. It's literally painful to sit with these emotions sometimes, especially like, and there's so many different things that make it all the more like catastrophic for certain people, like your attachment styles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a naturally an anxious, nervous person and feel threatened by where you stand with people anyways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That moment can feel incredibly crushing, not even just uncomfortable, crushing. Mm -hmm. So teaching ourselves that again, that like everything is so uh, manageable when we look at it conceptually, but like Mm -hmm. somatically it is the truth. Mm -hmm. Like we like to believe we can endure pain, but can you really? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, can you really take the freaking pain? Mm-hmm. You know, and only only each person that's listening can answer that question for themselves. But you, that investigation of like, no, truly, where is my threshold when it comes to enduring pain? Yeah. That's really when you're going to find the tools toward your own personal yeah. healing. Um, and it requires time. It does. You have it to does. um carve it out. Like... Yeah. It is a practice and it is an investment. Yeah. And because like in these times that we live in where we love instant gratification, Mm -hmm. we have so much convenience, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're continuously experiencing death by convenience Mm -hmm. every day, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just rewiring our brains again for like the umpteenth time Mm -hmm. to believe that something can, a change can happen really swiftly. Yeah. And so when it doesn't, it's like, well, then I just want to forget about it. Mm -hmm. Then that's where the disassociation happens again. And we're just like continuously in this loop. Um, How the hell do we get out of the loop? I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> How do we get out of the loop? How do we get out of the loop? Listen, I mean, <laughs> things that have worked for myself, yeah. definitely therapy, because we do have the right as humans to dump mm-hmm. your emotions. It's just like, which canister do you put it in Mm -hmm. there's a recycling bin (laughs) and there's a trash bin you Mm -hmm, know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so definitely Mm -hmm. having therapy where i'm able to dump with the appropriate person completely unfiltered you know what i'm saying that definitely has been a blessing and receiving obviously professional um feedback Mm -hmm. in ways that i can make sense of that story and move on yeah (laughs) And then also yoga is such an extraordinary tool, man. And Mm -hmm. you do not need to go to any like fancy studios. You can definitely even, I would say, just allow your body to move organically Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the way that truly like feels good. And I mean, like if you're down on all fours and you realize that you're I don't know, your back just needs to be like curled. You could put on music and just allow your body to be a physical manifestation of like the tunes that you are listening to, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that quite literally will stretch you out, but also like release different things that are stuck. Yeah. Because that is what we do when something is stuck. Like you wiggle it around, you you know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. shake it, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You're like, okay, we need whatever is caught in this area to like fall out. Mm -hmm. But yoga has been so incredible because not only does it allow you to be connected with your body, but to be connected with your breath. Yeah. Oh, and the power of our breathing can Mm -hmm. definitely change something from being like urgent to being like calm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether you're breathing through your nose, through your diaphragm, like deep into your belly, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, a very shallow breathing that we may not even realize we are doing, Mm -hmm. but that is not helping us to like process an emotion. Journaling Mm -hmm. is not to be taken lightly at Mm -hmm. all because I think seeing our story on paper and giving it a home and something that we can reference time and time again to either find a pattern or to just say, oh, snap, now that I've moved the story from my mind, which is just, you know, an endless field of imagination to a single page, Mm -hmm. I can really study it and say, this doesn't make sense. Or I can say, this doesn't serve me. Or I can say, I want to continue with the story Mm -hmm. and build on Mm -hmm. the story. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. that's a part of the gift we receive as humans Mm -hmm. um, and being extensions of the almighty creator. The creator designed this entire like story and said, oh, I'm also going to have (laughs) co-writers that I'm going to call my children in these humans. And so... That is a gift that I want to utilize, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And yes, when it comes to the hugs as well. Also something that has been very beneficial for me um, as I continue with the relationship with my body, because I didn't realize until the pandemic kind of that I did have a conditional relationship of sorts with my body, meaning that if it looked a certain way, if it performed a certain way, that's when I loved it, you know? And that didn't hit me because I was always so active. I pretty much like grew up in gyms, you Mm. know? But then we was all snacking away, or many of us, (laughs) I was, (laughs) snacking away and there's nothing wrong with that but when i saw myself get to a weight that was foreign to me i said whoa (laughs) what's going on and i realized okay well if you really appreciate your body as much as you say you do tracy well now is the time Mm. where the love is most necessary Mm. you know what i'm saying and one of the things that really helped me to just continue embracing this form of mine was say if it comes to I don't know my belly and I'm like dang it's not really the way that I want it to look or blah 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 blah. focusing on the function and Mm -hmm. feeling it you know not being afraid to touch my body in a very tender way 
and remembering that I have intestines and remembering like the job of those intestines, you know what I mean? And, you know, very much giving it like an embrace of sorts. Then it's like, all right, well, however you look is however you look because you've been holding me down. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with like your thighs or whatever the case is, because I changed my story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Through the power of touch. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other ways to. Um, but I think just in general, being very present with myself mm-hmm. as much as possible. You know what I mean? Whether that is vocalizing or practicing meditation mm-hmm. or just talking to myself, which mm-hmm. I do pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people say it's crazy, but it's not. It's not. You need to actually hear your own voice sometimes. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I I create voice notes for myself just Mm. because I just need to say it out. Yeah. I need to know that the words have been expressed. Yeah, yeah. And then also, in addition to all that you were sharing, having a witness. Mm Mm-hmm having somebody be there to just like validate like no 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 that happened Mm -hmm. what you said what you said was real Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying that affirmation and sometimes you have to be that for your own person which is where talking to yourself for voice notes comes into play yeah both Mm -hmm. absolutely and because at the end of the day like we are our first and final relationship yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so it's always great to have community to have a partner but they have capacities as well, or they just may not be around mm-hmm. for whatever reason mm-hmm. during a time of your discomfort. So we always have to know. And I think in the moment, it can be difficult to remember, okay, what are all my tools? Mm-hmm. And so it can be very beneficial, I would say, to our listeners during a high moment, like write yourself down kind of like a prescription <laughs> mm-hmm. for what will work in a low moment yeah, to remember the things that like bring you joy, yeah, the things to do, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't feel like a scramble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be mindful of what that list is and really be scrutinous about it because sometimes the things that bring us joy can also re-traumatize us. Bruh. Speaking <laughs> of that, talk to me about the, the limbic imprinting. I want to make sure that they hear what this is about. All right. So we went to um, a picnic that our dear friend... Oh, Gurley was the one who organized this picnic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Gurley, I, and two of our friends, Vicky and Cece, we um, had a picnic recently at Brooklyn Bridge Park. And I don't even know what led to this part of the conversation, but Girdley, who's obviously pregnant and is (laughs) discovering so many things, more things about the human body through this journey, she was like, have you guys heard of limbic imprinting? And she gave us a forewarning. Yeah. (laughs) This might scare the shit out of you. And of course, that made me say, wee, let's go for a ride. (laughs) Scorpio season, yeah. (laughs) Scorpio season in the summer. (laughs) Yeah, but this is another form of um, trauma that might be impacting how you move currently that you had no idea about because it was shaped in the womb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's still a lot to be said and a lot to be discovered about it. But if anybody is Googling it as we're speaking it, yeah. um, about it, it's this idea of the first impressions that are being had on your body when you're born. And if it's anything less than loving, for example, if it's something that's painful or frightening or lonely, mm-hmm. then those impressions can be imprinted in your body as a valid experience of love mm. or a valid experience of what life can actually be like. I'm reading this from a blog directly. It will be immediately coded into our nervous system as a comfort zone, acting as a surrogate for love and nurturing, regardless of how undesirable the experience actually was. As adults, we unconsciously and automatically recreate the conditions that were imprinted at birth and through early childhood. This research has been confirmed by a bunch of psychologists and doctors. And so they say that it's been said that if you know, for some people, there's been research that shows a link between people who were heavily medicated during birth to just endure the pain mm. <laughs> of childbirth. Wow. wow, that could build up. There have been relation. There have been research that links relationships where those children that yeah. went through that birth trauma as well rely on substances. Wow. Yeah. With pain. Yep. Children who have experienced having the umbilical cord around their neck. Wow, yep. You know, who unfortunately later on might have 
had a really hard time dealing with life mm-hmm. and have taken it upon themselves to end their own life. There's studies that link people who actually strangulated, yeah. chose to strangulate themselves versus any other type of way to take yourself, to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they've chosen that. That's and, freaking, you know, wow. And there's a lot. It gets dark, guys. It gets dark. Yeah. But we're trying to glow. glow. We're trying to glow. Dark. We're trying to glow. But it gets dark if you're... Yeah. If any of this sounds curious to you, go ahead and check it out. It gets dark. Um, it reminds me of Euphoria. We were speaking about this at the picnic, yeah. too. Um, for anyone who watches Euphoria, Rue, we discovered through the season mm-hmm. when her mother was carrying her, that was when... 9-11 happened when the Twin Towers went down. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was blasted on every single television screen. And there was just like a collective anxiety that we were all trying to deal with. And her mom was, you know, consuming all of those images mm-hmm. like by the second mm-hmm. and feels like that contributed to Rue becoming a drug addict. Right. Yeah. Right. And all of the anxiety that she felt in her life as well. Right. So, and it's not to say... This is a guaranteed cause and effect. Absolutely not, because there's so many people who have had medicated births and have never, you know what I'm saying, dabbled in the fun stuff or whatever you want to call it. So this is not anything that we're trying to say is deeply conclusive or whatever, but it's just another example of how the body retains onto memories. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's another example of our body's capacity to remember things that our mind cannot. Yeah. Because who remembers their freaking birth story? I don't, you know what I'm saying? But my body body does. does. And some people's bodies do more than others. Mm -hmm. So it's when we're talking about this idea of how do we treat the body? How do we incorporate the body in our own um, healing? Mm -hmm. How do we understand that just because your mind, which is so clever and brilliant and designed to help you survive in life, can, can decide for you, that it is over an experience doesn't mean that your body is actually over it too. Yeah, you know our bodies, our bodies weren't designed that cleverly. Our bodies are very matter of factly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that friend that's like, no, 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 run me through the details. I don't want no razzle dazzle. Yeah, give me the hardcore facts. Right. You know, um, it's that friend. You know what we didn't really touch that I want to just quickly drop in here: mm-hmm. disassociation. Mm-hmm. What is disassociation? Yeah, I think of disassociation as your response to a trigger. Yeah. And um, it's wherever you go, whoever you become, or whatever you do when you don't want to endure that difficult experience. Right. The sensation that's going through your there body. There it is. Mm-hmm. And we disassociate in many ways. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, it is that place that you go to when you aren't sitting in the discomfort yeah, of that unprocessed when you aren't emotion. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That goes back to the social media. I want to definitely leave our listeners with recommended reading. Yeah. Because Gurley and I are using our research and our curiosity and our lived experiences to shape this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also hope that you've been allowing your own body to be in conversation with us Mm -hmm. and even just taking some of our words and trying them on to see how they feel. But I definitely want to make sure that they can dig into a deep book. The first one that comes to mind is The Body Keeps the Score. That's, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. probably um, the biggest resource. That's the Bible. Yeah. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people who are doing this type of work out here are referencing that book. Yeah. Um, I'm going to warn y'all now, it's a heavy one. (laughs) It's a heavy one. People are like, oh, yeah, I read the book and it was great. Yeah, it was. It was. But good God almighty, it's real. Yeah. It's very, 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 very heavy. And if there is any area of unexplored trauma, especially childhood trauma, get ready because that book's going to take you there. Mm -hmm. So I highly, highly, highly recommend pacing it and giving yourself time. I had to come back to that book three different times Mm -hmm. over the course of a year because it just got too freaking real. Um, But it is amazing. It is amazing. The research is amazing. The examples are real. It's Even though it's written by an MD, it's very digestible. You can get it. It's a wealth of knowledge. So definitely The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. Mm -hmm. Um, My Grandmother's Hands. Mm, I heard beautiful things about that. It is. It really is. And you know, it really talks about the way that racialized trauma gets held inside of the body. Um, for we might black- have to make another conversation episode on that. <laughs> you know what I'm and saying? Bring someone on. Yeah, I would yeah. also really quickly to note is while you're reading something, especially that's difficult, that Gurdley's giving you a heads up on, like that is where you're kind of what folks might call superficial 
-hmm. self-care type of practices can help. Like a candle with the sweetest smell, you know what I mean? That makes you feel more at ease. Mm-hmm. Light that bitch. Light that hoe. <laughs> While you start turning That's the pages, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want to have whatever, you know, rain sounds in the background, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Utilize that. Mm-hmm. Like our environment can really play a part in our body feeling like it's about to walk into danger mm-hmm. or a body feeling like, okay, everything's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I don't, I don't, I just have to say that because it can be so easy. And I, and I definitely get the stance where folks are like, oh, you know, wellness, self care goes deeper. But I think it, all of it plays a part together. It does. Yeah. It does. You know, you have to know, you have to know yourself. You have to know what do I need to do so that I do not self abandon. Yes. In this moment, Mm -hmm. what do I do so that I can stay within myself and retain everything that this moment is trying to teach me? Because it will, it's frightening. Mm -hmm. And what do people do when they're frightened? A lot of them leave. A lot of them just want to get the fuck up out of Dodge. Yeah. You know, so you have to ask yourself, what can I do to comfort myself to stay present in this moment? Yeah. Which is why I also really like My Grandmother's Hands, um, which is by Razma Menekin. It also includes somatic practices mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um, to digest the information because they know it's real. Oh, it has exercises yeah. in there. Yeah, it's pretty okay, dope. Okay. And, and it's so dope. It's There's some specifically if you live in a black body and yeah. there's some specifically if you live in a white body. What? Yeah. No, no, no. Give me an example, please. Bert. Well, I didn't read the white bodies but because it was none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got your own work. <laughs> Damn, girl, you don't want to drop a gem for the white folks. I mean, I, I honestly... No, I'm serious. Because you was reading it for yourself. I really was. Yeah. I really was reading it for my own healing and... Yeah. Um, the book is very clear about like, no, no, no. Everyone has to do their own work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has to do their own work. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Girdley. Um, we love any of our listeners who happen to be of a milkier tone. I mean, for real, for real. We just all have work to do. That's all. We just all have work to do. Right, 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 right. Um, We do not have the time of doing the work on behalf of everyone. Just like how nobody's in the position to blame somebody else for their own, you know? No one's in the position to blame somebody for their lack of healing. Mm -hmm. You have to do your own healing work yourself. That's a personal journey. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Anything you wanted to add? The Emotional Code by Bradley Nelson is a good book. Mm, um, it I kinda, like that title. Yeah, it kind of talks about the vibration mm-hmm. of certain emotions that work through your body mm. and pretty much what's the ripple wave of vibration when you experience an emotional experience and how it touches each part of the body. Wow. Yeah. And then also how if it's too sensational, it remains stuck. Okay. And pretty much what it takes to actually process an emotion. Okay. Um, but it gives you the tools to really investigate a vibrational response. Okay. You know, the resonance of, an, of a moment. And another resource, mm-hmm. the bodywork system. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Share with the people, Burger. No problem. Yes. So the bodywork system is a company that I started. It's a movement wellness company yep. um, where we use movement practices to really help people break through the blocks of internalized stress. So exactly what Tracy was talking about when we were reading, when you're going through that text and you're saying to yourself, oh, this is painful. This is difficult. Maybe I want to light a candle. Mm -hmm. Maybe I want to do something else that comforts me. The bodywork system Mm -hmm. teaches people practices to actually work through these moments of discomfort, you know, give you the tools to stay within yourself. And a lot of somatic work right now, if you see it online, it's kind of just asking you like, where does this feeling show up in your body? And that's all well and good. We like to play a lot with dance. We Mm -hmm. like to play a lot with yoga. We Mm -hmm. like to play with somatic experiencing, but we really invite your own creativity to turn this moment of hard work, which is emotional (laughs) healing, to also couple it with like the sensation of creative exploration, you know, through dance. And we make these, or just through movement or intuitive movement, like you were speaking of earlier, Mm -hmm. and just really creating fun practices that can be employed really anywhere in workplace settings, in school programs, um, in senior spaces. You know, there's studies out there that talk about how dance can offset dementia. We really take the opportunity and the width of dance and the width of movement and the width of yoga and all of these movement modalities and forms of movement medicine to really help people work through the things that are blocking them so um, this makes so much sense for why black women tend to live so long Mm. (laughs) because we be shaking our ass 
We be shaking Hello? that ass. And y'all be trying to police <laughs> us for our twerking. Our twerking is actually healing, brother. Get out of here. Okay, holla at <laughs> shake therapy, which is an actual thing, which we knew about already somatically, intuitively. Hello. Um. So, yeah, that's pretty much what the scope of my work is about. It's really fun for me. I love Yay. it. I love. Yes. And then people can go to bodyworksystem.com mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love and it check out some of the programs feel free to send me a email through there personally um, if there's any programs that you're interested in bringing into your space yeah. or you would like to explore personally there's tools there's resources we're working on putting out a journal yeah. to help people through their own process as well too so I love yeah. it I'm gonna make sure that I put the info in the show notes wherever you listen um, this has been very very good I'm proud of this us this was hell. I'm proud of us too <laughs> A plus. A toast. With a cute a t- sticker. A toast, my lady. <laughs> and a toast to y'all listeners. We really appreciate you guys being with us. Um, I hope that you feel inspired to integrate, to try on everything that we shared with your own bodies, mm-hmm. knowing that the teacher always lies within. That is one of the greatest professors. So why not take a class or 10? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with your body (laughs) till next time love if this podcast has been a treat for you please let us know we're on IG at glow in the dark that's G-L-O but really I want you to consider following or subscribing to the pod on your favorite app whether that's Spotify Apple Podcasts YouTube yes YouTube that way you can get notifications whenever a new episode is born which also helps us nurture the show and if that feels right go ahead with your generous self and leave us a rating and review these are the love languages of podcasters my friend I'm just saying and to end off on love please know in this ever stimulating digital crazed modern world your presence is ridiculously valued by us this podcast is a light in our life and we hope it shines the same for you till next time <laughs>